thing that happens is the world goes black. You just hear a little snap when your neck rolls back. You don't bite your tongue off or foam at the lips. And before you hit the ground, there's a moment of bliss. It's like token a spliff. It's like shedding your skin. It's better than the best train wreck there's ever been. You have to let it in, as much as it's upsetting. To wake up with bruises you don't remember getting. You don't remember how the hell you ended up indoors. You don't Welcome to Seizure Salad, Fuster Clock Epilepticus, with test subject Micah B. The salty, slightly cynical account of Micah's shocking diagnosis with epilepsy. The synaptic jolts that shorts circuited his world and efforts to rewire his mind and create a new life. Oh, and he's going to have brain surgery. And now, Seizure Salad with your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah B-Side. Hello, hello, thanks for joining us once again here on Seizure Salad. I'm Micah B-Side, your host. Today, we're continuing our conversation with Claudia from Craniosacral Therapy. Listening is everything. Mm -hmm. So, like, well, that's the main theme that you've mm -hmm. been speaking of, Claudia. You know, is listening. And so, if you're lucky to have a team that will listen Mm -hmm. and will help Mm -hmm. and encourage you to be an active participant, yeah. um, And you have to be an advocate. You really have to be an advocate. And. I'm really interested in this craniosacral therapy. I definitely want to speak with you about this a lot more. And the parallels between the techniques and, and, and the flow and, and the cranial, mm-hmm. f- the fluids, and what I feel when I, mm-hmm. when, after I've had a yeah. seizure, it's, yeah. it's the parallels well, are... I was listening to what you were saying about the, the, the pinging along your spine and um, afterwards, it's like finding its way back. Um, so... In the back of our heads, like right at the base of the occiput, there's something called the cisterna magna. It's a kind of a waterbed or a little pool of um, craniosacral fluid. So it gets the fresh stuff gets made in your ventricles, um, which are just really gaps in your brain. That um, and it comes down, um, circles your hypothalamus into the third ventricle, comes out um, to the fourth, and it the passageway there has more plasma receptors. This is just a little aside. I just think it's so interesting than any other place in your body. Um, And so when things are working well, you should be feeling good. Um, And when it's not flowing well, it makes sense. You know, it's not triggering those receptors. And then um, it comes down into this little pool and that makes it sound like it stays there. It doesn't, it's moving really quickly. And then it drops down into your spinal cord. And then there's another one at the base kind of just right at the top of your sacrum. And those two really need to kind of work together, balance out, go back and forth to each other. Um, so that's why it's called craniosacral therapy. That's one of the reasons, you know. Um, so there's a couple other more technical things. But really playing with how the system's pressurizing, how it's, you know, how it's not pressurizing, how if maybe there's too much pressure, um, you know, um, that's really part of it too. So I would think that, um, that there's a good chance that some of that electrical haywireness could be calmed um, with regular treatments now. Um, and certainly, you know, making some of the other things like perhaps the cognitive disarray, 
you know, if you can get the glymph and the lymph flowing correctly through the brain and um, and clearing it out, if you can improve sleep patterns, I'd be worried that, you know, maybe the part of the incredible cognitive dis- dysfunction that you're noticing or change, change that you're noticing could be because, you know, you're getting seriously disrupted in the night, you know, um, at times. Um, and that might be part of why it takes so many days to recover and you know so those things um are you know and for me it's just ongoing i just get curious about things because i don't know you know and um well the input output how how you were talking about how over time that area where where the glimpse is can get like plugged up almost absolutely um that that reminds me of what my specialist was talking about with the spring tightening and tightening and eventually going bam um and the other thing too is venous sinus drain drainage which you know we have your sinuses are just it's another word for hole it's just a empty space somewhere um and so the way the blood gets down to your jugular and then down to your heart after it's been used up in your brain is it comes out through these two holes at the base, you know, kind of at the back of your jaw, at the base of your skull. And those are called the jugular foramina. And they um, contain, they carry the jugular, um, the vagus nerve, which we haven't talked about, but which is incredibly important to your overall functioning of your nervous system, your fight or flight, your, you know, um, when you were mentioning, I feel hungry, it doesn't go to one part of my brain. Actually, it comes from your gut and it might be coming from an organism in your gut or a group of organisms that should or should not be there. You know, um, and the healthy organisms are going to say, hey, I want some more fennel bulb and some cucumbers and asparagus because that's the stuff that I feed on. Um, the unhealthy ones are going to say, I want sugar. I want caffeine. I want, you know, so um, they're talking to your vagus nerve in the gut and it's going up to your brain because it is a huge nerve. So your vagus nerve and a couple other cranial nerves come out through that hole as well. Now, where do we tense up? Regardless of whether we just had a seizure, you know, driving in traffic, working at a desk, it's like this, right? Yeah. We, we raise shoulders, our shoulders and neck, shoulders yeah. and neck. And uh, so what happens is just, it's easy to kind of um, narrow that for a minute open because your skull is just on the, on the slightly wrong angle. Everything's real tense. So one of the first things I just do with everybody <laughs> is trying to move that uh, uh, the occipital bone off that axis, which is the first vertebra. And, you know, just asking that to open up so that then you can have more drainage down through here. Um, and that is both your blood and your spent cerebral spinal fluid come out through the that jugular vein and they kind of mix together. They go to the heart, they get recirculated and refiltered, um, you know, into the fresh stuff. So there's, you know, two that go along the top of your head, these, these, um, the sagittal sinuses, um, one on top of each other. They're about, I don't know, inch apart, maybe a little depending. And there's a couple others. And then there's a, a meeting place in the back of your head, um, like a big intersection. And that's a good place where things can kind of get sludged up. And then it comes down um, from the back of your head to behind your ears to the jugular. So working on clearing that, I do that in most sessions, just 
regardless of who I'm working with, because everybody needs that. Um, but I would again say, you know, clearing out the stuff that you don't need, um, making that flow better so that you can then receive the fresh stuff better is a very important part of my work. Um, and I can't see how that wouldn't be helpful. Exactly. <laughs> um, somebody exactly. with, with epilepsy or whatever. So, mm-hmm. so, so that's even just standard operating procedure. Um, unless I don't get to the head, sometimes I don't. But like if somebody right. has a, just had a head injury and not touching their head the first session. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but or maybe I'll hold my hands close near to kind of try and do a reading. But I don't. Um, get in there and start asking things to move around until I have a really good, clear thing. And which is not to say that even working at the feet doesn't sometimes have an impact on what's going on in the head. So, right. Um, right. Safer. I don't like the body. The body's like, I was just assaulted. So then the last thing, I mean, I'm going to have to stop soon. I don't know about you, but um, the last thing was, um, you mentioned surgery and sometimes people with epilepsy need to have a surgical procedure, whether it's to remove part of the lobe, which sounds really scary, or um, to, you know, insert a device that will stimulate or whatever. So yeah, that's um, scarier to me. So, yeah. Well, um, what I find, I, I do have a con, uh, consistent practice with people who are facing and have just recovered from or just recovering from surgery. So I always advise people to come to me if they are interested in this type of thing to come before surgery, um, because the body is always going to see surgery as an assault. Um, and so I can help work with the system, calm it down and, and just talk to it and say, you know, this is a helpful, you know, it's still going to feel like an assault, but it's meant well. Um, and that is, I think, in terms of helping with recovery, just having the body not be like I was just assaulted. Um, it still has to recover in other ways, but getting rid of that PTSD aspect of surgery um, is really helpful. And then a few sessions afterwards to kind of, again, integrate the change. You know, and yes, it's a foreign object in your brain and that's awful, but people have metal in their necks and in their spines and that's all along the nervous system too. Um, And, you know, getting, making sure the cerebral spinal fluid's flowing past and through and around all of that and just calming it down, integrating it, clearing out anesthesia, um, you know, all of that is going to be really helpful to recovery. Um, Some of the things that... Um, some different ways that I've mentioned now, surgery, just relaxing the system, um, clearing out glymph and and, um, sinus drainage, that all I think could contribute to just a healthier mode of being, um, perhaps more resilient mode of being. Um, Right. Right. Preventative, you know, increasing the health is key. Yeah. It's another tool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like sometimes things are intractable. Like I have, um, sometimes I have people with peripheral, you know, they're cancer patients or whatever, and they have peripheral neuropathy or, um, so they've lost the feeling in the, in the soles of their feet, for example. And that's very distracting when you're trying to hike or do things. And, um, and stare. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so maybe, and this is something, another friend of mine who works at the cancer center, who is a craniosacrotherapist um, has also reported where, you know, maybe you do a few sessions and then you, they come in and you say, so how is the, the numbness or how is that neuropathy? And they say, oh, well, it's still there, but I don't really notice it anymore. Or, you know, I don't think about it. Um, so the relationship to the pathology changes, even though 
it didn't go away. Um, you know, so somehow they're finding that the nervous system has compensated. I don't know. Um, but they are not having the same experience in their life that they were having before. So it's, uh, it's the way you look through things, you know, I mean, it is a point of view and, and, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna fix per se, Mm -hmm. but we're not looking to fix it. This is, uh, this older gentleman in one of my support groups said it so succinctly. Um, you got to stop thinking about fixing or curing anything. You got to start looking at it as healing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're not even dealing. Dealing is, is like putting yourself in a victim mentality, Mm -hmm. healing, Mm -hmm. healing and incorporating. And, uh, yeah, I agree. Um, and, and speaking of the surgery too, we will, um, I'll definitely be speaking with you before, before this, but I have a, uh, telehealth meeting with Mm -hmm. my, uh, one of my neurologists and we're going to get an idea of, of what's, what's next because right now there is, uh, my non-epileptic specialist. Right. Yeah. I have, I have a multitude of specialists right now. Um, It's cool. It's it's nice to have a team, right? Um, But she's starting to think that a chunk of my, um, what they thought might be NES might actually be epileptic and just deep brain. Oh, interesting. And they're they're thinking about the possibility of putting me under for a test, a multi-night sleep study where they put the diode, the EEG diode inside Mm -hmm. my brain. Okay. That might be interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the other one is the surgery. They've already shown that um, my big, big grandmas, at least the majority of them, originate Mm -hmm. right here between the T2 and the T4 in -hmm. my frontal temporal lobe. Mm -hmm. And uh, with a couple more tests, a couple more WADA tests, make sure that, you know, it's far enough away from communication and, and motor function skills. But the idea is, I think it's called laser ablation. Mm-hmm. They tuck in a little fiber optic tube uh, between my jaw and my ear, get mm-hmm. up there, and then it's close. It's right there on the surface from what they from what they found. Mm-hmm. And there's a microscopic little laser that would just zip, 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 and take care of it, and then they'd pull it out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've got two different things going on right now. We're yeah. gonna figure out. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna get a lot more information about what what kind of my options are on March 11th and okay. I would, yeah I would really like if you're if you're down maybe we could uh we could uh record another seizure salad session yeah okay yeah I'm really glad we had this conversation and that you reached me out too. to me so me too. yeah one other thing I went meant to ask you um have you read breath by James Nestor Okay. Well, this is my recommendation to pretty much everyone. And it was the book I gave for Christmas this year. But what you were saying about your breath work, you may very well find that there's some information in that book that's that's at least complimentary, if not, you know, additionally helpful to you. So okay. so I'll, I'll send you that too. Thank you so much. Claudia Putnam from uh, Confluence Craniosacral Therapy. Thank you so much for your time. If, is it okay if I put your email in the, uh, in the yeah, comments? 
That's fine. Or you can put my website, which is um, confluencecraniosacral.com. So. Confluence We're going to make sure that's in the uh, description in yeah. our little podcast box so everybody can get to it and uh, check it out. This is incredibly cool. And um, I think this is going to be beneficial for me. Thank you so much for your time, Claudia. Thank you. And good yeah. luck with the next phase of information gathering. I know. Well, um, you see my eyes. Woo. Yeah. Be careful. I think you need to breathe now because you got kind of stimulated and yeah. I'm watching that and I'm thinking, you know, bring it down, feel your, and this is what I would tell you right now is feel your butt in the chair, feel the backs of your thighs right now mm-hmm. <laughs> and feel your feet on the floor. Bring it down out of your head, all this excitement and notice, you know, in any feeling really always try to, Bring it down into digestive tract, into your, you know, and into your lower body and feel your feet on the ground. Okay. Because that's a big source of our electrical electrical energy too. I mean, we have this relationship with the earth, you know, give out a charge and we take a charge. So, so So, connect. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Thanks, Claudia. You too. All right. Bye-bye. And thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been Caesar's Salad. That was Claudia from Confluence Craniosacral Therapy. And uh, this has been Micah B-Side, your host in Electrostatic Meat Sack. We'll catch you next time. In the meantime, drive fast, take chances, unexpect the expected. And don't forget, it's all in your head. Take care of yourselves and each other. This is to my sick kids. Time to flip this shit. Depakote, Adderall, Ritalin, Pixie Sticks. I don't give a fuck what you're riding to the setting sun. Use it as a weapon when it's said and done. Seizure Salad, Foster Cluck Epilepticus is produced and hosted by Michael Ball. The song Seizure Boy, courtesy of Watsky and used with permission. Find more great music and poetry on his website, georgewatsky.com. Original logo painting by Brent Olson of Olson Studios. High-resolution MRI image of Micah's brain provided by the Rockstar Lab Techs at UC Health Neurology in Denver. Follow our podcast, like our Facebook page, whatever floats your boat. Just keep listening and join us again soon for another episode of Seizure Salad. Until then, unexpect the expected and remember that it's all in your head. You ever had a grand mal seizure in gym class? I whiplash back when life was dishing out pimp slaps. Fed up and we've all been better, but I'm set to step up. Never let up because the fall is just a setup now to get up. Regret will never get the better of me with the sawed off. When I'm having trouble talking, someone knocks my writer's block off. And if my my eyes glaze and my knees drift south And you ever think to stick a credit card in my mouth I take MasterCard and Visa for my risk rewards I'm not biting my tongue, why don't you bite yours? It's all too much